have some meatloaf. You want some? Yes. I knew you'd come. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! Mom, the meatloaf! You've got to wash the balls pre-kickoff. Excuse me! So if you haven't got anything positive to say, don't ask. Screw you guys, I'm going home. You get later. Gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to the run home with Kermel, thanks to Mick Delivery. It is Friday the 3rd of November and it is an absolute pleasure, as always, every Friday to be here with you. Just running solo today, so, you know, be kind be kind to me. Uh, but no, it is great to take you through the afternoon. Plenty of news around today, I must say. And of course, because it is a Friday, we're tweaking Beaver's Best, we're tweaking Divine's Delights, and it's Kim's Cashy. Mark is already onto it and has texted in for it. Mark, I'll get to your options shortly. I would say uh, that I am probably due, actually. My last couple of bets have not come off after I uh, had a had a bit of a good week and was feeling quite confident and started to go more of a Steve Devine route and put myself a little bit more out there playing some slightly higher odds. Turns out they're higher odds for a reason. So I am due. Uh, get those texts in on the Temper Bed Post text machine double eight double three for Kim's cashy today and we will try and win you some money that is of course though you know the wins and the losses it's why we uh, gamble responsibly isn't it folks absolutely making news today though goodness there's plenty around isn't there Sam Kane off on his sabbatical to Japan uh, he has chosen to take up that clause and will not be playing for the Chiefs in Super Rugby next season look I'm not sure too many people would have an issue with this uh Great servant of the game, as as are all of those guys generally who are granted sabbaticals in their New Zealand rugby contracts. I think it'll probably be good from a mental refreshment perspective to be able to go and play in Japan as well. There is always that caveat, I suppose, of players coming back from Japan and perhaps not being quite at the standard that they are used to when it comes to selection then for the national team. However, uh, you have seen with his work ethic over the years that he is probably more than capable of keeping that up when he will return, I believe it is in June. And I think for quite a few of those guys who have been part of this World Cup campaign to be able to get over to Japan and experience something a little bit different and a little bit uh, with a, a little bit less pressure. Let's be honest, is, is probably ultimately in the long run actually for the best, and you know, good for their respective bank accounts as well, which is always nice for them. I guess the question of the day, Kim, and I think we'll talk about this in the press box a little bit later on, is does he make that first Razor Robertson All Black squad, having not played a lick of rugby in New Zealand? I mean, I guess it will all depend, won't it? It'll depend on who else is available, how they've been playing, if they've been in Super Rugby. Um, he I may not want to be part of it. He might, he might just want to take the year off All Black Rugby, potentially. I doubt it. I doubt it too. <laughs> yeah. uh, however, you never know. I would I would expect what Ethan Blackadder would probably be in there. If you're making very early predictions, uh, Ethan Blackadder maybe to start at six since Shannon Frizzell is also 
uh, away now. You'd expect, obviously, Artie. Oh, no. Is Artie back? There's conjecture around that, whether or not he'll be back or he's taken the international window off as well. There is a little bit of conjecture around that that mm. I've seen the last few days. But look, there's, this is the exciting thing. And we talked about this earlier in the week, Kim, on Tuesday with Sam. Uh, it's the excitement of a team under a fresh set of eyes. And he may have, as in he is in Razor, may have different an opinion on players that Ian Foster had. So we could see players, you know, Duplessis Karifi, for instance, might come into the mix in the, at an all-black level now. I'll just be fascinated to see how many Crusaders are going to be in there. But uh, no, you will expect a different pair of eyes. And also an acknowledgement perhaps that this is a team that will now be building for another four-year cycle. And obviously there are a lot of players who are not there, who are not available, established players, and how that changes things and how many new guys therefore get introduced to this brand new squad, which... When you look at it from Scott Robertson's perspective, you would imagine it's going to be quite a fine balancing act because he will obviously want to make his mark when it comes to this team and stamp his mark into it. But similarly, not so much... He wouldn't want to experiment so much so to the point that it could potentially uh, create a bit of an issue with results when there is going to be so much pressure on his maiden team, his first performance and the like, particularly with the way that this coaching saga has played out. So it will be very interesting to see how he is able to manage that balance. And the other element of it uh, with the Sam Kane factor, of course, is captaincy. What happens with the captain? under Scott Robertson. He's he's obviously forged a very good relationship with Scott Barrett at the Crusaders over the years. Sam Kane is the incumbent. Artie Savia's name gets mentioned Cody Taylor, the I reckon, a is, 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 uh, Cody Taylor is a... Uh, he's that outside bet. And and when you look at a captain, a lot of people's criticism around the same Kane, Kane, Sam, Sam Kane selection ahead of Sam Whitelock was that, was he the best seven in the country consistently? Cody Taylor, best hooker in the country probably going to start most test matches. Uh, if Ardi, and Look, Adi Savia for me is the is the standout selection. I think Scott Barrett's right there as well. There's a little issue around Mr. Barrett's discipline, sent off a couple of times in test match rugby, gets yellow carded a bit too. Uh, but yeah, there's um this is this is why it's exciting, right? And yeah, it's just raises opinion on players, raises opinion on leadership. Uh, Jason Ryan's obviously been there; he knows his players. And the best country, the best players in the country, Kim, remain the best players in the country. Mm. So uh, I don't think we'll see massive difference in play, but I think players like you said, Ethan Blackadder, Cullen Grace, Quinton Strange, some of those really good Crusaders players will come into the mix. But I think, look at that front row; that front row is not changing. Lomax to Greg no. Taylor, that's the best front row in the country. But you'll also see guys like, say, Quintapaya, who did not sadly come back from injury soon enough to be able to showcase much ahead of the World Cup uh, team naming. He has had his season for Waikato, whether he experiences some sort of resurgence in the midfield. So there's a whole lot of interesting elements that will go into this. I tell you what, I think Scott Robertson's Christmas and summer break is basically going to be... Razor, mate, how are you? Hey, so here's what I reckon you should do. Yeah. <laughs> like, the guy's not going to be able to go for a surf in Sumner without hearing someone's take on uh, who should be brought into the All Blacks. However, such is the life of an All Blacks coach. That's what you take on with the job, I, I suppose. don't know how big the Robertson family Christmas is, but, like, you know, in terms of how wide a scope of the family is. But you can you imagine, like, you know, like the, uh, the brother-in-law or something, just, uh, hey, uh, Scotty, um... Mate, Cody Taylor for captain. What do you reckon? Like my take. Uh, yeah, my take. You take that on board. <laughs> I, wonder if, you? I wonder if 
no rugby chat as a set rule at the Robertson family <laughs> Christmas every year. No rugby chat allowed, please. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know Scott Robertson pers- uh, personally, but I don't know if he'd be able to stop himself necessarily. Because he loves it's, the game so he much. He loves the game so much. It's easier said than done. It's like when my husband and I kind of go, oh, yeah, we won't uh, we won't be talking sport. Or someone will say to us, you know, he's come back from the Rugby World Cup recently. He's been away for 10 weeks. It's, oh, I bet you just don't want to talk work for the next blah, blah, and blah. And you've talked rugby for We've the whole talked, week. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then before you know it, it's the topic of choice. What are you going to do? Hey, speaking of uh, big topics, though, today, the other news this morning that was very, very interesting on the rugby front, Wayne Barnes retiring. This does, of course, come in, in the wake of him refereeing that World Cup final, copping a lot of heat. His wife uh, was fairly outspoken about some of the horrific threats and the like that they had received in the wake of that final. He is now pulling the pin. He has a very long... Uh, and a, a wonderful, really, refereeing career behind him on the international stage and, and in those top leagues. Uh, and he has for a long time now been widely considered, I think, one of the best, if not the best, referees in the game. He did make mention in his statement of, you know, the, the sacrifices that his wife has made for him to be able to do this, of being able to go and go to the the kids' games and sports games on the weekends and the like and get that family time in that he has missed over the years. However, he did also make reference to the level of online abuse that is levelled at referees in the game these days, uh, which really is pretty unacceptable. It's and gross. And... I think it's really sad. I, I hope a lot of his reasoning is behind. He reached that pinnacle. He's satisfied with his career, and now it's time to to spend time with his family and, and get what he was missing out on. Uh, however, it is, it, will, it is very sad to me if there is a significant element of calling it a day because of the abuse that he has received and that his family has received. Uh, no one deserves that, let alone someone who is already doing a very, very tough job, has a very unenviable job, and a job that a very few people in the world can do and do well. Well, just look at what Ben O'Keefe copped following the mm. Super Rugby final earlier this year. I mean, he was very, he came out and uh, I think he, he was on multiple media saying, look, it's unacceptable that I copped this abuse. Yes. Uh, I, I, and people were saying, well, if you don't like it, don't have a social media account. Well, that, you know, he's got every right yeah. to have a social media account. So does Wayne Barnes. And I think people just need to um, put that aside. I've never DM'd a referee before. I've never <laughs> I've never added a referee. Uh, yes, I've said to uh, you, or a mate uh, like at home watching the game or Jacob or mm. or my wife or someone, God, that's a terrible decision. Mm. That's my opinion. I'm not going to call out a referee on social media because he's a hum- he or she, they're human beings, Kim. Mm. Like, you know, they're just doing their job. But it does also make me question as well because we in the media are in a very privileged position in which we are able to talk about this and talk to a lot of people about this. Uh, and it often makes me question whether what I have said necessarily has been uh, not not appropriate or inappropriate, but whether that has allowed people to think that it's all right. It's never all right. It's never all right to abuse anyone, including the referees. Um, and, and I would like to think that we were a mature enough society that we can have discussions about points in the game that were you know, that mistakes may have been made and allow that people make mistakes without descending into that. So I guess ultimately all you can say is I wish him all the very best 
in retirement. Hope it brings him a huge amount of joy uh, and perhaps some relief from the rather relentless nature of that job sometimes. And I, I hope perhaps for some people it is a little bit of an awakening uh, in terms of how commentary, which may seem like nothing to you at the time, can actually then impact people. And just a reminder, like for several New Zealanders that weren't um, haven't been impressed with his performance in the final, there was a massive relief when the when he was announced as referee for the final because he had done such a good job during the tournament and he was going to offer an open open sort of game. It didn't go that way, but people were happy that he was selected for that game and not a Matt Carty or an Angus Gardner or someone like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, can't have your cake and eat it too, team. Uh, Text him from Aaron here. He was going to retire after the last World Cup and he was always going to retire after this World Cup. Yes, the public need to chill, but it's not the reason or even part of the reason. Uh, fair play, Aaron, absolutely. The point still stands. And the words came out of his mouth. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, it's It still stands that the level of abuse is uh, unacceptable and is no doubt affecting people. Moving on from rugby. The Black Caps. Now... <sighs> Look, yes, they've lost three in a row. That was to, you know, it was to India, who are the form team of the tournament, it's South Africa, who are the other form team of the tournament, and very narrowly to Australia in what was almost one of the great run chases of all time. Do we still have faith? Do we still have the faith in the Black Caps after three losses? This was always going to be an intriguing period of pool play for them, given the quality of, op- of opposition we knew they were going to be coming up against. Do we still have the faith? I do. I absolutely do. I think we should get past Pakistan tomorrow and then Sri Lanka in their final pool game. I absolutely think we will make the semi-finals. Where the team goes after that, uh, very much TBC. That becomes, for me, and one of those, it's so cliche, isn't it, but just uh, whoever turns up on the day. If we make the semi-finals, I like our chances, and just quickly, here's the reasons why. One, the pressure on India is going to be ginormous, right? For, like that, that, is a, that is a weight of a nation, billions of people. The pressure on South, Af- South Africa is going to be ginormous. They usually lose, well, they do lose World Cup <laughs> semi-finals against New Zealand and Australia constantly. Uh, and look, Australia, the pressure's always on Australia. So look, what I like about the Black Caps making the World Cup, much like it was four years ago, is that we were written off at this point of the tournament. We won a we won a game at the back end to qualify and, and no one thought we'd beat India and we did. And we almost won the final. So we drew it, in fact, tied it. Uh, so, so Why yeah. would you even bring that up, Sorry, Brad? if we can get that far, I like our chances, Kim. Uh, I think Pakistan look like they're starting to come into a little bit of form. Uh, and um, Sri Lanka, not so much. Uh, but I think we win both these games with guaranteed a spot, right? To counter that, uh, Australians don't care about pressure. They can have all the pressure on them on the world. They've been there, done that. And I don't think it bothers them in the slightest. I, I hear what you're saying about India and the home pressure and South Africa and the knockout pressure. We've seen how that can perhaps apply uh, quite recently. Knock, knock, In fact, knock, when, knock. Hey, I was being subtle about that, okay? I was being kind, however. Uh, so, no, it'll be interesting times. But personally, still got the faith. Still got the faith. We'll be talking much more of all of that later in the show. Here is what's coming up on our Macca's menu. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Here's a good one uh, to start a little bit later on. Levi Weaver, who is a beat reporter, and when it comes to baseball in the Texas Rangers, I don't know if you saw their huge MLB World Series win. World Series now. 
We issue with that, but that's a side note. Uh, World Series win for the first time in their history. He is giving us the full lowdown on that. Brendan Popplewell is on the show as well with our TAB Sports update. Hugh McGann to talk all things Kiwis Australia ahead of the Pacific Championship Cup final tomorrow. Our press box with Alex Powell, our weekend sporting predictions. Luca Connor from the Black Ferns is with us ahead of their WXV1 showdown against England tomorrow at Mount Smart Stadium. Greg O'Connor on as well to talk harness racing, our colourful moment of the sporting week. We raise our glass to the week that was and Kim's Cashy. That's right. Beaver's Best is Kim's Cashy today, so get your tips in on the Temper Bed Post text machine 8833. That is thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. The Run Home's Sporting Headlines. Here's what's making news today. All Blacks captain Sam Kane will join the offshore exodus next year, taking up a short-term sabbatical with Japanese club at Tokyo Sunglife. Kane will miss the Chiefs' Super Rugby Pacific campaign, but return to New Zealand in time for the national team's 2024 programme, similar to teammate Adi Savia. His absence leaves the Chiefs searching for a new captain, with both Kane and co-captain Brad Webber heading overseas next season. International rugby referee Wayne Barnes has announced his retirement from the sport after a storied 17-year career. The Englishman has been at the fulcrum for some of the All Blacks' most heartbreaking moments, but is said to be extremely popular among players and coaches. Barnes says social media trolls have played a big part in his decision to walk away from the game. In more positive news, Black Ferns captain Ruahe Demant is on the verge of becoming the first two-time World Rugby Women's Player of the Year. The outstanding first five is one of four finalists for the award, which she won last year after leading New Zealand to victory at the World Cup on home soil. Meanwhile, rookie wingers Caitlin Vahakolo and Merirangi Paul are among the finalists for Women's 15's Breakthrough Player of the Year. Paul is also in the running for Women's Try of the Year, scored in a 52-21 win over Canada in July. I remember that one too. That was an absolute cracker. Good luck to all of those nominees. Uh, The winner announced after the end of WXV this weekend. Those are your headlines. Remember, Kim's Cashy, give us a text on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Temper and Bed Post's range of mattresses at adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort.